What's up, Propel Church? Pastor Nick here again. We are so excited that you chose to be with us today on Father's Day. We have a special message prepared for you this morning, so be sure to connect, tune in. If you haven't already, hit the share button, share this message with somebody you care about deeply. Dads, this is going to be an incredible message for you today because you have the opportunity to hear from one of my friends and our staff member, Will Cochran. He oversees pastoral care for us, and I believe that God is going to speak powerfully through him. So let's lean in and tune in as we hear from God's Word today. Well, hey, Propel Church. We are so excited that you're here today. If you're watching in a watch party or if you've decided to watch us on Propel's YouTube channel, we are happy that you're here. My name is Will. I get the honor and privilege of serving on staff here at Propel Church. I also have a beautiful wife, Amanda, who serves on the Propel Dream Team. And I have three daughters. I have Willow, who is my biological daughter, and then I have Catherine and Cheyenne, who are my stepdaughters. My mother-in-law lives with us, too, and her name is Terry. So if you're doing math right now, it's five to one. I'm outmanned five to one. Pray for me, y'all. I need it. So I'm super excited to speak to you today because it's Father's Day. Father's Day is the day that we get to honor our fathers and all the men in our lives that serve the role as dad. And just kind of thank him for getting us as far in life of what we've got. And it's an awesome opportunity for our families to honor us as dads. Because let's face it, we've earned it. But now that our families are honoring us, dads, we have perks. We have perks on Father's Day. What are those perks? We get to have whatever we want for dinner. You want steak? You eat steak. You want a burger? You do you. You want pancakes? Ain't nobody going to judge you. We get to watch whatever we want to on TV. I never get my TV. I am outnumbered. So there will be no SpongeBob. There will be no Lifetime Movie Network. Unless you like that, and then, well, we can probably play that, pray that out of you later. We get to stand and just be dad. And that is an awesome opportunity. So what's it like to be a dad? Well, it's life-changing. And the, the change happens... From the time that you find out that you're going to be a dad, that's, that's when things start to change. Then you go to doctor's appointments, and then there's the ultrasound, and you hear the, the heartbeat, and then you're like, oh, snap. I mean, there's weight to it now. So what changes in your life is your perspective. It's your priorities. See, you no longer go to work for you. You go to work for that child. Your free time well, that shifts from hobbies to family time, and that is awesome. And if you had a new gun fund or a new truck fund or whatever, well, the odds are you're going to get to spend that on dance lessons or, or t-ball equipment because whatever your child is into, you're into because you love to watch them do the things that they love. Being a dad is very rewarding because you get to take this little person and you get to cry when they get on the, the school bus for kindergarten the first time. You get to see them through high school, which is incredible, which I just got to watch Cheyenne graduate, and that was, that was extremely rewarding. And then they go to college, and then they move out, which is also extremely rewarding. I got to watch my oldest graduate from Elon University, and now she's engaged to get married, and she's starting a new chapter in life, and that is so rewarding to see. It's challenging. There's so many opportunities and, and instances in life that you're going to find yourself that, that you don't know what you're doing. You're going to find yourself 
where your child is hurting and they're experiencing pain of life and there's nothing you can do about it. And that's hard. You're going to find yourself to where you have to say, I was wrong and I'm sorry. And that's hard. And you're going to find yourself (laughs) where you just want to say, stop. If you do what I tell you, things will work out when, I mean, in all actuality, you just need to let them do the thing and learn on their own and just listen. It's a learning experience. I mean, let's, let's face it, dads. These kids nowadays are a little bit different than when we were kids. We get to learn how they talk, which I'm not sure what language they speak half the time anyway. We get to learn what they like, what they don't like. We get to, to figure out how to communicate with them. We get to find out what their passions are. We get to learn how to parent them through situations. And if you have more than one kid, then you have to learn how to parent each one because they are uniquely designed by God. And what works for one may not work for the other. And it's constant, constant learning. And it's, it's, it's just incredible. My favorite part is, is that it's never ending. Once a dad, always a dad. Once that dad switch is flipped, it's permanent. It's forever. Being a dad is awesome, but being a dad is hard. We're constantly looking for help. We're looking for some kind of instruction manual because, let's face it, that's what we do. You know, our lawnmower breaks down, we're going to buy a shop manual for it. You know, our car breaks down, we're going to buy a shop manual. My dad, he's got a shop manual pretty much for everything that he's ever owned. And if we can't find it in the shop manual, well, we're going to find it in YouTube. And let's face it, if it's not on YouTube, then it just, it's not a thing. We have other dads that we can go to. We have other dads that we do life with that we can say, hey, this is what I'm dealing with. How did you handle it? What worked? What didn't work? We have some dads that, well, they may not be as far along as we are. We can say, hey, just FYI, this is coming. This is how I handled it. Seemed to work. Or, hey, this is how I handle it. Don't do it that way. It didn't work. But, Here, now you know it's coming, and you won't be blindsided, because let's face it, being a parent is just a long series of being blindsided by things in life that you don't expect, because you've never been there, and it's here, you're forever learning. But when we we look for those things, and we look for that help and that encouragement, we can always go to Scripture. Scripture's always there. It's, it never changes, and it's always the truth. If we look at Joshua 1.9, it says, Haven't I commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. How encouraging is that? There's not a day that goes by that I don't need to hear that at least once, sometimes twice. And I would be willing to bet that there's somebody watching that they need that same encouragement. So there's three sets of dads I want to talk to today. There's three points I want to make. The first set of dads are the fathers. These are the guys that were in the delivery room. They're fighting the good fight. They've held their child for the first time after laying you know, eyes on them for the first time. And that, that is a day that I will never forget. So here I was. I was in the, the delivery room. Will had just come into the, the world. I was an emotional wreck. 
let's face it, I was as probably as stable as an overcooked noodle, if I'm being completely transparent with you. But all of a sudden, this nurse comes up to me, and she hands me Willow, and I'm like, this is not safe for the child. I can barely keep me up. No, you need to take her back to her mama until I can gather myself. And that's pretty much what went through my head. But I, I looked at her, and, I mean, everything was okay then. And it was like the most incredible moment in my life. But while I'm there, and I'm having this moment, there's some the doctors don't tell you. There's a disclaimer that I'm pretty sure they should, but they don't. So this little, this little ball of joy that, that just rocked your world that you love so much, well, one day it's going to form an opinion. There's nothing you can do about it. It's coming. The worst part is it's probably not going to be the same opinion that you have. So you dads that's been around a minute, you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, he right. So you new dads that have just experienced childbirth or the ones that are dads to be, just, just keep that in mind, it's coming. They're not going to tell you that, but it's coming. So let's get serious for a moment. You know, some of us may not have had a really good example of what a dad should be or what a father should be. Some of us did. Some of us had great dads, but some of us didn't. And if you had a dad that struggled or wasn't there the way that he should have been, there was probably a reason for that. That reason could have been that maybe he just didn't like his job and he was miserable and there was no way out of it. And he was just angry all the time. And that just manifests through that. Um, maybe your dad dealt with addiction. Maybe he was addicted and he struggled and fell short of what a father should be. Maybe his dad didn't have anything to do with him and he just didn't know how to be there for you as a dad. He had no example of that. Well, maybe you're struggling with the same thing. Maybe, maybe you're trying not to be what they were, but it's not working. What you're dealing with is a generational curse. And let me explain for a second what that is. A generational curse is a pattern of behavior or a sin issue that has carried itself through your family. Well, the good thing is, is that it can stop with you. Well, this brings me to the first point that I want to make. It's never too late to change direction. It's never too late to end that generational curse. It's never too late to overcome that sin issue that you have in your life. It's never too late to get freedom from whatever it is that you're carrying that God never designed you to carry. And I know what you're going to say. You're going to say, but I don't know, I don't know how. I, don't, I can't. I've tried to shake this. I've spent years trying to get over this. But I can't. Well, let's look at a biblical example of someone who changed their direction. Let's look at Paul for a minute. I mean, you think what you got going on is rough. This dude used to kill and persecute Christians for a living. He even said, I am the worst sinner. That's rough. But God used that. God turned that around. In fact, Paul wrote a pretty big chunk of the New Testament. If Paul wrote a letter to the church in Corinth 
And in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, he said, Therefore, if anyone in Christ, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away, and see, the new has come. He came back from that. God used that. Through Jesus, he came back from that, and he changed his direction. Through a personal relationship with Jesus, he changed his direction. Now listen, you have the same access to Jesus that Paul had. Just because Paul lived close to the time that Jesus did doesn't mean he has any greater access than, than you do. You have the same access. You have the same access to have the same relationship that Paul had. So whatever it is that you're dealing with, whether it be a generational curse, whether it be a sin issue that you can't shake, whether it be unforgiveness, Whatever it is that you're carrying that you need freedom from that you can't, you can get that freedom through Jesus with a personal relationship with him. And that is always there and is never going to change. Jesus can be your pivot point. So the next set of dads I want to talk to are the stepdads. These are the guys who stepped up. They stepped in. I have a huge place in my heart for you guys. My first experience as a dad was being a stepdad to Catherine and Cheyenne. I didn't know what I was doing. I had no experience. I had no clue. It's a wonder man even let me in her house. Thank God she did. But I wasn't a father, but I still was a dad, which brings me to the second point I want to make is you don't have to have the title to have the mantle. Now, let me explain what that word means for a second. A mantle is an important role or responsibility that passes from one person to another. You know, we see in the Old Testament the idea of passing a mantle from one person to the next all through it. In fact, anytime you look at Israel, they change kings. That mantle passed from king to king to king to king. So even though the biological father might still be in the picture, the responsibility of dad has been passed or has been extended to you. As a stepdad, you may not have the biological father title, but that doesn't mean that you don't have responsibility or a position in that child's life. You can operate in the function without a title. A great example of a biblical stepdad is Joseph. We all know who Joseph is. If we look in Matthew 1, Joseph found out that Mary had become pregnant. Well, he knew it wasn't his. So what he did is he tried to secretly divorce Mary to, to, you know, keep her from feeling shame. Well, he didn't. Jesus wasn't Joseph's biological son, but he stepped in. He filled the role of dad that God had planned for him. So, it would have been really easy for Joseph to feel inadequate, to feel unqualified, to feel like he shouldn't be the stepdad of the son of man. I mean, those are pretty big shoes to fill, right? Let's, let's, let's look at it. Jesus' dad was Father God. He was the creator of everything. And that's pretty tough to stand up to. As stepdads, we have a tendency to listen to the lies that the enemy tells us that we aren't good enough that to be their, their, their dads, that we don't have enough experience to be their dads, that we're not their real dads, so why would they even pay attention to us? Why would they even want us in their lives? 
But truthfully, we need to follow Joseph's lead, and we need to step in. He was the dad that God designed him to be. And don't worry about filling the shoes of other dads. If the biological father is still in the picture, let him be the dad that he's designed to be. You be the dad that you're designed to be. And I want to share something with you that's going to relieve a lot of pressure. That's all you have to do is be the dad that you're designed to be. That's all you have to do. You just have to love them, and you just have to be there for them. You don't have to let comparison tell you anything other than you are going to be the dad that God designed you to be. The next group of dads I want to talk to are spiritual fathers. These guys are pretty important. If you're not quite sure what a spiritual father is, let me break it down for you. So a mentor is someone that you go to when you need guidance. So you're in a position in life where you need to go right or you need to go left. You don't know what to do, so you're seeking some wise counsel, so you're going to call them. Well, they always answer the phone. They're always helpful. They're always willing to help. They're always there for you. Mentors are very important. I have people in my life that I consider to be a mentor. But a spiritual father is a little different. A spiritual father is somebody that calls you. They check on you. They reach out to you. Find out how you're doing. What are you struggling with? They seek after you. When you try to run and hide, well, they don't let you. They chase you. This could be for anybody in your life. You don't have to be blood-related or legally related. When you're a spiritual father, you are kingdom-related. If we look at 1 Corinthians 4.15, Paul says, For you may have countless instructors in Christ. Those are going to be your mentors. But you don't have many fathers. Spiritual fathers, for I have become your father in Christ Jesus through the gospel. Paul rose up and he became the spiritual father of the church in Corinth. I believe we have a fatherlessness problem in in the church. And I don't want to dismiss uh, a mentor at all because they are very important. And if you have a mentor in your life, then you're very lucky. And if you are a mentor, then you are invaluable. But right now, I would like to challenge the men in the church, the godly men in the church, to rise up and accept the mantle of spiritual father. There's men that's all around you that need, they need your spiritual maturity, your life experiences, your, your guidance, your support. These are the future spiritual fathers that you are seeking, that you are pursuing you're checking on and that you're pastoring. And it could be anybody in your life. I mean, it could be that new kid that they hired at work. It could be the young guy at the gym that you talk to once ever so often. He keeps coming to you and asking you all the questions. Um, it could be the, guy, the kid that's on the sports team that you, you coach. It could be a nephew. It could be a son. It could be anybody. When you are a spiritual father to them, you are training them to be a spiritual father to someone later in life. We can stop the shortage now by accepting the responsibility of spiritual father, by rising up to that calling. It is an honor to be a spiritual father. But truthfully, it doesn't matter if you're a father, it doesn't matter if you're a stepdad or 
a spiritual father, you're going you're gonna to have your fair share of troubles and challenges. I have, as a dad, I've had all kinds of troubles and challenges. There's challenges that I don't even know about that are coming, and I'm not really excited about that at all. But if we keep our eyes fixed on our Heavenly Father during those times and troubles, then we'll see ourselves through it. Luke 1, 37 tells us, For nothing will be impossible with God. Did you hear that? Nothing is impossible with God. Nothing is impossible because we have our Heavenly Father that loves us. John 3.16 says He loves us enough to send His only Son to die for us. This means that Jesus died for you. Jesus rose from the dead because, and He wants a relationship with you. He'll meet you where you are. Do you know what that means? How awesome that is? That means that you don't have to overcome addiction to accept salvation. You don't have to overcome that sin issue to accept salvation. It doesn't work that way. You don't, go, you don't get better to go to the doctor, or you don't get in shape to go to the gym. You go to the doctor to get better, and you go to the gym to get in shape. You go to Jesus to find freedom from everything that you're carrying that you don't need to. And you find that through a personal relationship with him. He wants that relationship. He's seeking that relationship. And it's there for you. Like I said earlier, you have the same access to that relationship as Paul, as anybody in Scripture. It's there. All you have to do is accept it. If you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus and you want one, then please say this prayer with me. Dear Jesus, today I give you my life. I place my hope and trust in you. Thank you for dying in my place so that I can have new life. In Jesus' name.